Now, let's settle for the stories in detail. An Accra High Court earlier today adjourned an injunction application that has been filed by Kim Faisal against the Ghana Football Association Presidential and Elective Congress scheduled for September 27th in Accra. And um, earlier, um, uh, Kim Faisal and the Ghana Football Association had made an appearance before the court on September 6th. Um, it was rather uh, August 31, uh, which and the court agenda matter to September 6th, which was today, and uh, the court has again agended to September 19th. So as we speak, it is unclear when the Ghana Football Association will be able to proceed to uh, organize its elections uh, following the decision of Kim Faisal to take the matter to the Accra High Court. Kim Faisal said that the electoral process that has been put out by the Elections Committee of the Ghana Football Association are flawed and that never in the history of Ghana football has there been the elections of district, regional football association elections before uh, that of the presidential. And per the elective roadmap that was released by the Ghana Football Association, the executive council and the presidential elections are going to happen on September 27, before that of the regional football associations and that of the district level. Kim Faisal believes that this is alien to the statutes governing Ghana football and wants the Accra High Court to direct the Ghana Football Association to respect its very own statutes that governs football in the country. They also say that it is important that the regulations are adhered to by the people who have been elected to take charge of football in the country. The decision of Kim Faisal to drag the GFA to court has halted all the processes building up to the elections, which was scheduled for September 27 in Tamale. So the GFA has put on hold its timetable, and this included the release of qualified candidates to the various uh, positions that they have uh, filed nominations to contest for. On Thursday, which is tomorrow, the Black Stars will come up against Central Africa Republic in the last AFCON 2023 qualifier against Central Africa Republic. And uh, unfortunately, one player, Joseph Pencil, he has pulled out of the squad for the game following an injury he suffered. In last weekend's uh, uh, Belgian uh, league match uh, involving Jenk and that of Anderlecht. So the medics, uh, which is the medical department of the Ghana Football Association, or the Black Stars, headed by Dr. Pambo, has decided to ask him to go back to his club for treatment. Also, uh, Jordan Ayew, uh, who arrived late, did not take part in the training session of the team at the Bavaria Sports Stadium on Tuesday. So we'll be crossing over to Kumasi to speak to my colleague Fifi Manfred, who has been uh, monitoring things at close range uh, to give us an idea of what is currently happening. Uh, Fifi, um, thanks very much for your time. Just give us uh, a brief idea of what uh, you saw at the Royal Sports Stadium uh, on Tuesday. Um, so thank you very much, Musa. Yesterday, the Black Stars, the train, um, behind closed doors here at the Wabaya Stadium. And yesterday, like you mentioned, notable players like Jordan Ayu were out of the team. They did not train. But in, um, it was, first of all, a small-sided game between one group that had a bib on and the other group without a bib. 
some of the names in the team without them um, were Alexander Jiku and then um, um, was the, uh, Mohamed Kudus, who were all in the team without a bib. There was also Manaf Murudin with a team with a bib. There was Captain Andrea Yu with a team with a bib. But I mean, we tried to see if we could find out what possibly Coach Chris Wittin's possible lineup could be tomorrow. But essentially, this is what it was. Later on in the training, there were some set pieces routine training led by Mohamed Kudus, who tried to play some short corner kicks some um, free kicks from the left and right hand side from the team. So essentially, they tried to work around every other thing tactically they could do right through those yesterday at the Baba Stadium. Everybody was here, um, every other player, but for Jordan Ayu, who did not um, participate in training yesterday because of workload. Uh, Fifi, uh, one thing that I know so much um, is of interest to you is often how coaches set up their teams. Considering the players available for Chris Hilton, um, do you foresee uh, any tactical uh, tweaking in, in, in how he's going to set up his team uh, based on what we saw against uh, Angola back-to-back -back and that of Madagascar? Um, so, thank you again, Muftal. I think, first of all, we are still going to get the same goalkeeper in post, given what I saw yesterday. Um, if that's also anything to go by, it means that we are going to get Joseph Edu and then Alexander Jiku in the heart of defence. Baba Abdurrahman has had a very good stint in, um, since he moved to Greece uh, for POK, so it has been a good one for him. I think we're going, we are going to see him in there as well. And then, of course, Gideon Mesa. I also do think that um, Andrea Ayu doesn't look like he's going to start giving yesterday's training that I did see at the Barbara Sports Stadium. He wants to go into this game with all of his attacking as in Arsenal. He wants to unsettle um, the Central African Republicans and make sure that they do not go into the game. Because as long as the game goes and there is no goal from Ghana, the Central African Republicans are going to grow confident and hope to find that very, very important winning goal and they take it that will possibly qualify. So he wants to train all his attacking players. Mohamed Kudus possibly is going to start. Salis Abdo Samuel was also very integral in yesterday's training. And looks as if he's going to partner with Monado in the middle of the pack for Ghana. Whilst we have, we have Mohamed Kudus playing as a number 10 on top of them, then we'll probably have um, NH Nyoma from the wing and possibly Jordan Ayu. And then I saw him in a very long tete-a-tete -tete with Antoine Semenyo and then Inak Williams. Of course, one of them is going to lead the answer for us tomorrow. So essentially, the only thing we can get from yesterday's training and be verbatim with it and be clear with it is the fact that we are going to go with a strong attacking lineup tomorrow and try to unsettle the Central African Republican team from the onset. Uh, considering how excited you are, is the Kumasi people excited uh, ahead of this game? Well, yes, yes, yes. There is um, a lot of enthusiasm. You know, um, there's every other thing before Black Stars game, but when the day is coming, it's getting close, almost everybody gets excited about Black Stars games. Um, I hear there are buses at various vantage points to convey people to the stadium who have um, tickets this morning on almost every radio station in Kumasi. Everybody's asking about how they can get tickets, clarity in the purchase of tickets. Right now, I'm at the Barbaria Sports Stadium, and if you get in front of the stadium, there are already fans who are willing and ready to get inside and watch their team train for the first 15 minutes, which is going to be open to the public and the media. So, yes, um, a lot of people seem to be very excited about the Black Stars coming back home again to the Barbaria Sports Stadium. And the Barbaria Sports Stadium, as many of us know, is more of a fortress for... Uh, many countries. Um, if you take a look at the, uh, the, uh, what fans are saying, are they optimistic that uh, this team uh, will just secure a victory and qualify to, to the tournament? I think it's, they are just um, 
hopeful. They are hopeful. They, they, they just want nothing by a win. I mean, Ivory Coast is just a few miles away from us, so they hope that we can get a job done tomorrow. A lot of fans in football, and of course, here in Kumasi, have come to understand that there is no Mino in African game again. Of course, there is no Mino anywhere in the world, so we need to do our things right. But they believe that given what we showed against Nigeria, given Barbara, uh, Barbara Stadium being a fortress to us, we should be able to navigate a win and at least a draw to qualify. So they are hopeful. You see them outside the stadium in town, in Kumasi, in Edum, in Kedetia. Essentially, they are just hopeful that Kumasi again will deliver Ghana the ticket to an AFCON like last time we did for a World Cup. You talk about Central African Republic not being a minnow when it comes to football anymore. And considering the fact that they also have a chance of qualifying to the tournament. They, they are already in Kumasi. Um, have you had anything from their camp? And, uh, what, is, what is happening in, in that area? So they were, they were in Ghana, I think, almost since Saturday or so. Yeah, Been in Kumasi since Sunday. Yes. And um, yesterday they trained at, at KNUST. They trained at the Pajo Stadium in KNUST, where um, it's, it's in the, on the KNUST campus where they did a few shakers for themselves. Of course, Apajo Stadium, it is not an enclosed stadium like the Barbaria Stadium, so they couldn't get it behind closed doors. Today that they can train behind closed doors. Over there, they just did a few physical work. They got in shape. They did a few rounds of their training, and then a lot of a few a little ball work over there. So they are there. They've also lodged at the Lancaster Hotel, where the Black Stars also do lodge. Last night, they were all there together, had some time for themselves, and they are preparing for the game. So um, they have come in hoping that they can upset the Black Stars of Ghana, hoping that they can stay in the game as long as possible. And it was very important and imperative on their past to come to Ghana early and acclimatize and hope that they can upset the Black Stars tomorrow on Thursday. They've had enough time to train yesterday at Barbara Stadium. In, in about, um, about 4 p.m., that's about an hour or so or more from now, they are going to take to the stadium here at Barbara Stadium, train, get acclimatized with a pitch here, and then tomorrow is going to be showtime. What is going to be showtime? What we witnessed in the first leg, which ended one all stalemate, was um, some kind of a threat. But because many people actually said that um, when Ghana had the game under control and um, Mohamed Kudus scored, the Black Stars relaxed. But uh, this team has shown that they have the potential of qualifying to the Afcon in Cote d'Ivoire next year. Where do you see their threat for this Black Stars team? So, um, given the points that they have, they have seven points, like you mentioned, they have a huge possibility of qualifying. They get um, a, a win from us. So, but I'm still expecting that they will still sit back in a low block shape or a mid block at least. Um, sometimes move up and press a little bit and then get into their shape. Essentially, they would want to make it very difficult for us to break them down and get a goal. Because once we get a goal and we whip up the crowd at the Barbara Stadium, they are going to be at a huge disadvantage. So they would want to stay in the game as long as possible. They would want to be very compact, be very difficult to break down by the team. And that's why um, I also think that yesterday, if you look at Ghana's training, it focused so much, a lot of tactical and technical work in the attacking third of the game, with a lot of overloads from the wide area. So they would want to be very, very compact. Catch us on the break. If you look into our team, um, we are we are going to chase a win. We want the win. We are playing at home. Possibly, we are going to play Edmond Ado and Salis Abdul Samet. It means that one person is going to push up to go and press. One person is going to do the attacking work to add to Mohamed Kudus in central areas. We are going to have a lone midfielder doing the defensive and off the ball work for us. They would want to overcrowd and overload us in central areas, win the area battles and get it to us as well. One of the things that also I'm very sure, if you look at the Central African Republicans, every game that they've played, 
they've been very, very resolute and solid when it comes to set pieces. It's a clinical and most important part of their game. And they are going to use that um, part of their game tomorrow. Very important. If they're able to get a Google from set pieces, it's going to be very important for them. And I'm very certain that tomorrow they will target set pieces. They will target overloads and turnovers from our midfield play if we are a little bit sloppy and we don't settle into the game quicker. So, yeah, they know that they have some chances and they have enough to upset us tomorrow. Uh, uh, Fifi, just before I let you go, in the next couple of minutes, Chris Hilton will be holding uh, a press conference to, to speak to uh, you guys before the game on, on, on Thursday. But there was one critical thing uh, which has to do with the inclusion of Andrea Yu, a leader of, of, of the Black Stars. Many people actually say that um, Andrea Yu hasn't kicked the ball since March, uh, he's clubless. Uh, why do you extend an invitation to someone uh, who, um, uh, who has not played active football? He, he has not even had any preseason uh, since, uh, because he doesn't have a club. Uh, what is the Kumasi community saying specifically on the inclusion of Andre Ayu? And uh, considering the fact that Chris Hilton also says that um, what the public uh, perceives of his decision to call up certain players, uh, uh, it does not concern him. Uh, what is the Kumasi community saying uh, about this? So, Musao, um just one phrase, divided opinions. Like on social media... We have a lot of people that say, hey, Andrea, he was not fit enough. He should not get into our team. There are also other parts, other people on the other side of the coin that says, hey, he's a captain of the team. He adds a little bit more to the team. So maybe he's not going to play, but he should be a member of the team and whatnot. Some people also say, if you want him to be a member of the team, then you let him retire and give him some form of a technical role and not necessarily take up a spot that, that could have been used to, for, by another player to develop him and get him acclimatized to the Black Stars. So it's the same here in Kumasi. If you speak to people, there are people who say, you know what, Andrea, you just are small. He gives us a lot of confidence. Even when he's on the bench, he's the most experienced player in the team now. With the exclusion of Thomas Party and Amati, why would you want to let your captain stay at home? The deputy captain, the second deputy captain are all away. So you'd want to bank on, the, on his experience. There are also people that say that, hey, he can't run. He can't play the football. He's old. He has not... He's not um, um, sharp. He has not played football. He has not had preseason properly. So we don't need to get him there. The other players who can make use of the sport, and then we should give them a chance. So it's, it's, it's a divided opinion. I think that it's part of the conversation. We will always have, the people of Kumasi will always have their say. And like myself, everybody will have our say. But at the end of the day, it's about um, the Black Stars getting a job done. I think tomorrow we'll be able to get a job done. Nobody really will care if Andrea Yu was in the team or not. Ah, Fifi Manfred, thanks very much. And talking about the experience of Andrew Ayu, he's been in the national, he was in the national team for eight solid years before the likes wow. of even uh, Daniel Amathe and then uh, uh, Thomas K. Party came in there. In fact, he was there for nine years before Thomas Party got into the Black Star. So yeah, his experience definitely will be counted on. And um, Fifi, thanks very much. We appreciate your time. Let's head on and talk about uh, the Amrassery. World Championships that will be staged in Ghana and president of uh, Ghana Arm Wrestling, uh, Charles Oseasibe, who also doubles as the president of African Arm Wrestling Federation, says that it is important to stake the competition in Ghana because it comes with enormous benefits to Ghanaians. You see here, may, may never have a world championship experience. May. And the reason is simple. It is expensive to travel outside Africa or Ghana. Unfortunately, we do not get the kind of support we need to be able to send these young ones outside
to go and make the country proud. So the key reason for which I decided with my team to fight and bring world championship to Ghana is also to give experience and exposure to these young ones to at least in their lifetime participate in a world championship. Once Ghana is hosting the guarantee of all these athletes playing at the world championship is high. So the number one reason was for these athletes to have a world championship in their lifetime. The second reason, the only way the sport of arm wrestling will become popular, the only way the sport of arm wrestling will get exposure, the only way we can develop the sport is to host championship. And for us, we had hosted two Africa championships, and all two events were deemed or are deemed to be the best ever organized on the continent. So we felt that we've gone past Africa championship. It is time for us to host the world. And on that note, we put in a bid to host the world championship. The third reason, some few months ago, His Excellency the President of the Republic challenged state institutions that by 2026, he would want to see about 2 million visitors coming into Ghana. If we do not do this, how are we going to get 2 million visitors in Ghana? Ladies and gentlemen, the Ghana Arm Wrestling Federation, through this bid, is bringing a huge percentage of these visitors into Ghana. And I'm proud to say that the World Championship will bring together about 2,000 visitors from all over the world coming into Ghana. Wisdom Abromechi had his first World Championship experience. Wisdom, stand, let's see you. He was in Kazakhstan and he saw the numbers that came to Kazakhstan. If indeed we want 2 million visitors and we say sports is tourism, sports should be one of the biggest tools to drive all. In fact, sports is the only tool an emphasis on this. What event can bring together 2,000 visitors? If it's not football, it's track and field or arm wrestling. So, and now we move on and talk about uh, Spanish football. After winning the FIFA Women's World Cup, the first ever in the history of uh, the country, well, um, the performance of the girls was overshadowed by the medal ceremony case where the president of Spanish Federation now suspended, Luis Rubiales, kissed her also. And that um, led to a lot of controversy uh, in Spanish football. Uh, he was asked to resign from his position as president. He said he wasn't going to do that. And FIFA decided to suspend him. His mother went on a three-day hunger strike which later I saw her being hospitalized. And uh, one of the reasons why uh, people actually wanted Luis Rubiales out as president of Spanish football was the fact that uh, the uh, coach of the women's national team, Jorge Vilda, uh, was accused of uh, in behaving inappropriately towards the, the girls. But he insisted that was the coach he wanted to work with, and also stated that um, he was even going to extend his contract. In fact, he was given a four-year contract extension. 
Well, following FIFA's decision to suspend Luis Rubiales, the executive council had an opportunity to fire the coach. Uh, um, Sky Sports has got details of what the letter uh, said uh, when they sent it to the coach, and uh, they've been giving us an explainer. Ordinary statements from the Spanish Football Federation in the past two hours. This second one confirming what we were reporting last week that Vilda was going to lose his job. Now, I'm just trying to get my head around this statement. Uh, you know, it was in Spanish, it's also been released in English. I've read it quite a few times. They give absolutely no reason for dismissing him. I've got to admit, reading this, it reads as if it was being written by Vilda. Because the whole statement is basically a glowing tribute to him. It says that the coach has been key to the growth of women's football, leave Spain as the world champions and second in FIFA rankings. It says that the interim uh, chairman, Pedro Rocha, uh, has had to dispense with the services of Jorge Vilda. It says they appreciate his work. They value his impeccable personal and sporting conduct. Uh, they would like to express their gratitude to him for his services, his professionalism, his dedication during all these years. And the Federation, it says, is left with an extraordinary sporting legacy thanks to this great man. So if you read this statement, you would be asking yourself, why have they decided to get rid of him? And I think... They're not going to tell you, but my take on it is there was no way he could carry on being the head coach because he had no players and he had no coaches. He was seen as a close ally of Luis Rubiales. Luis Rubiales is the past. He's finished. Even though he's clinging on, he's banned from football. He's going to lose his job as the president of the Spanish Federation. At an extraordinary assembly uh, two Fridays ago, we saw Vilda applauding... Uh, Rubiales' speech, when Rubiales said, I've done nothing wrong, I'm not resigning, I'm going to clear my name. And even though Vilda came out and criticised uh, Rubiales, he had no players, he had no team. Even though, just a few days earlier, he had become a world champion, he had led Spain to World Cup glory. He didn't have a team, he didn't have any players, he didn't have very much... That's the explainer of how um, the Spanish coach got fired. This is our wrap-up sports today here with me, Muftar Nabila Abla. We appreciate your company.